Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. everyone. I hope you've had a good week and now today it's the start of a new week and it's exciting. I hope it'll be a good week for everyone. We're moving closer to November (laughs) and it's the holidays. Anyway, last week I have no feedback whatsoever for last week's show, uh, which is fine, but It was a start of a new topic on evolutionary concepts, and I am going to be moving on today, talking a bit about Atlantean and Egyptian evolutionary concepts, but I do want to do some review, and it's not just a review, it's, I think you'll find it um, in addition, there's some information in addition to last week, and I think it may be, will make things a little clearer. These These concepts, these evolutionary concepts are important to understand because they are the precursors of where we are today. We've all been through many of these. As fifth dimensional carrying the dual soul nature, we, of course, have been through many of these on many, many planets, and we've been part of the concepts facilitating and helping and teaching and demonstrating to humanities on the planet to help them move into higher levels of understanding and that the concepts carry. So with each infusion of an evolutionary concept, it sort of creates an age, so to speak, where many, many fifth dimensionals come in and facilitate the understanding because the infusion is done at the energetic level. It is de-intensified divine energy and it's infused into a planet at whatever de-intensification is needed in order to to uh, provide it to the humanities without killing anybody off. And it carries with it expanded concepts, next level of concepts, so to speak, that the humanities are in need of on the planet at that point in time. So the then the fifth dimensional, the interplanetaries, come on to help because all the concepts, they come in energetically. They need to be moved into the form state. It's as if the practice comes from the form state. So it's kind of like learning to swim. You can read a book or watch videos on how to swim for hours or days or weeks or months, but until you get into that water and actually try to swim, you don't know if you can swim or not. And that's what happens. When because all of these concepts play out in the form state out of necessity, each and every soul has to see how much it truly understands, get the practice to and get the learning in the form state to make sure it can handle the meaning, the expansion of whatever the energetic information is that's coming in. So, these are very important guys, okay. Now, last week I talked in general about evolutionary concepts and, as I just said, and the, again, the facilitation of the concept in form state by the the interplanetaries or the fifth dimensionals carrying this dual cell nature, they come in and facilitate. And I I also explained that not only is evolution never ending, okay, it's infinite. It never ends. There is no end. No soul is ever lost. No soul ever disappears. Once you're created in the mineral kingdom, that's it. You're created forever. And every soul is an aspect of and an expression of the originating source. So originating source of all there is, is absolutely infinite. I mean, we can't even wrap our brains around the totality of the originating source. Because 
the human kingdom universe that we live in now is but one tiny, tiny, eeny, beeny part of the originating source universe. Okay, so, and I I do talk about that a little bit in an appendix in my second book, but it, it's something that will be discussed down the line in more detail. Anyway, to get back to the concepts, the evolution is never ending. So the concepts that I've mentioned, the evolutionary concepts, they have been infused upon the planet way back in the very beginning of evolution, which is even before, way before the universe that we live in even existed. Okay, we're talking, we're the last universe in line at this point. Doesn't mean there won't be one after us, because there certainly will be. It won't look like this one, I can promise you that, because of the evolutionary thrust. But in any case, they, the original infusion of these concepts was very different than they are now. Why? Because the concepts themselves evolved. They evolved because in the beginning, it, it kind of is, and I give this example a lot, when a parent or parents are trying to explain where babies come from to their kids. When the kids are small, four, five, six, the way they explain the concept is very simple. Maybe they use puppets. Maybe they use pictures. Maybe they use the birds and the bees or animals or whatever. It depends on the child and the situation. But it's explained at a very simple level. But as the child grows, as the child increases its understanding, what happens by the time the child is 10, 11, or 12, the way the parents would explain where babies come from is very different. It's more expanded. You move into 18, 19, 20, and it's much more expanded at that level. Now, does it end at that level? No. The whole idea of childhood and birth and uh, all of that procreation is expanded even beyond that. So this is the same with these evolutionary concepts. They themselves have expanded because each infusion with each solar system, with each universe, the evolutionary concepts themselves have learned, quote unquote, learned the, they have grown and expanded. So, this is a good thing because it means that compared to when they first were in play, the expansion is much more accelerated now than it was eons and infinite eons ago. So in any case, understand that they do expand. And this is the, the same as the originating source itself. The originating source itself, as you've heard me say many times, is in a period of evolutionary thrust because it's gearing up to make a giant leap forward in its own evolutionary process. And as a result, it's taking all of us with it, so to speak, because we're all part of it. When you go to run over or jump in your physical body, you don't leave some of your body parts behind. You take the whole body with you. And you make that jump together, uh, the whole body. And it's the same with the originating source. It's bringing all of us with it. And that's why we have this, this, geometric or exponential, I should say, expansion going on. And I've mentioned this many times, and I did last week, where the last 2,000 years was the equivalent of 10,000 evolutionary frequency years. And the next 2,000 years will be the equivalent of 100,000 evolutionary years. So the expansion is happening rapidly, exponentially, not a smooth, you know, slow uh, arithmetic kind of expansion, but really ramping up, and that's what's going on, and that's because there is because this constant process of evolution, there is constant learning, constant expanding, constant growing. So this is a a very good thing. Uh, it means that actually souls are moving along much faster now, even though it seems like we're <laughs> we're going in a snail phase sometimes. Uh, in fact, it is a lot faster than it ever used to be. So, okay, I also uh, explained the Lemurian concept to you last week, and this too has gone through its own evolutionary expansion. And I want to be really clear on that because I explained last week that the Lemurian concept was, was simply uh, a space, an energetic space where all souls went on a regular basis 
before they prepared to move into a new time, a new evolutionary phase uh, on the planet that they were going to be on. The planet itself would enter into the Lemurian concept when it was getting ready to give birth to life forms. So the, the, the Lemurian concept, and, and it's a concept, it's more of a pre-concept, and it's ongoing. It's always there. And souls continue to return to that Lemurian energetic field. And last week, completely unexpected by me, the higher self, and I was doing a little, actually, I wasn't planning on doing any kind of exercise. And toward the end, I'm getting, they're sending, they're telling me they want, want me to bring everybody into this energetic field. And that's what we did. And we went into the Lemurian energetic field and it was, I saw it as uh, like a, Shangri-La. I mean, it was just this most beautiful place, and it was sort of clouded or shrouded, and we I couldn't see until we went through the quote-unquote the clouds. I couldn't see the beautiful kind of space it was, and and we went into that field, and I explained it as best I could, and I encouraged everyone to try it. I have only had a chance this week has been kind of weird. Uh, and very busy for me. I only had a chance once to go back to that energy, even though I would like to have done it at least every day. But, you know, I'm like everyone else, and sometimes we have the space and sometimes we don't. I actually had so much else going on that I had to work on and, and um, try to understand, including today's, <laughs> today's um what I'm talking about today, the Atlantean and the Egyptian concepts, I had to go in many times to try to pull in information about that, but I kept being distracted because I was working on Lemurian and there was some other stuff, a lot of other stuff that was going on. And I, I would come back from a walk feeling like I hadn't accomplished anything because I was trying to do 10 things at once. And I just really wasn't able to keep the focus of attention that I needed. So, you know, Anyway, that happens, and I will continue to use it because it was fascinating. I'd never seen it. I'd never heard of it, and it was the first time. So think of it as being unexpanded. It was symbolically the best I could get in that moment, and we will just continue over time. I'm sure more will come out about it, and we will continue to expand that concept. But the Lemurian space has also evolved, and I want to be clear on that, which means that for the souls that move into that space, they're going through that pre-learning. Because remember, it's kind of a bridge. It's a bridge between the concepts at the concept level or the ideas at the concept level into now you're going to play it out in the form state. It's kind of a bridge between the unformed knowledge, the person who's read the, the books on swimming and watched the videos many times, to actually going in and in the water and swimming. So it's a transition place. It's a place that teaches the souls, helps them prepare for going into the water, so to speak. And it is a very, uh, very important. The higher selves were clear that this space is so essential that the souls would go into these new arenas and these new infusions would be jumping in the water so to speak, without having any orientation. So it is a place of orientation and a bridge. Um, and it, it prepares us for all the, the new infusions that we go into. Now, with fifth dimensionals, the, the fifth dimensionals, of course, have been on many planets and have already gone through these concepts. But we had a place there, if you recall. I saw a place where interplanetaries went because we still carry the facade soul. We still have misunderstandings. We still have confusions. We still have the unknown to deal with because we, we only have the mind of this life and we have unremembered remembrances of past lives and we have connections to our true soul essence, that fifth dimensional part of ourselves. Of course, we have all of that, but this Lemurian concept facilitates the moving out of our confusion at that human level and allows us to, to move into the concept that we're there to help, to demonstrate, to teach, to inform, et cetera, et cetera. We're there 
to help. And it helps for us to go into the Lemurian space in order to clear our confusion. So the bottom line was that we have a place to go when we are confused. And that was actually <laughs> the one time I got some decent insight on the Egyptian and Atlantean concepts is when I thought, well, why don't I combine the two things and I'll put that confusion into, I'll bring it with me into that Lemurian space. And I did, I was able to get some information, which I will share with you down in, in a bit. Okay. So, um, okay. Now, let's see, where am I going here? Now, I also explained, and this is important too, how this planet, the planet Earth, was the last child, in quotes, of the solar system, meaning that the other planets have already housed human lives and gone through the evolutionary stages beforehand. And I also claim that the very first one in line received the infusions in their purity, and every planet actually receives them in their purity. But the first, the first planet plays out the concept, whatever they are. Now, I've mentioned Every major age in the, on the planet is actually involved the concept. But the, at the first, very first planet, the souls end up playing out that concept at a very high level. Uh, and they, the, the souls that are ready to carry it out at a very high level actually choose to incarnate there because they have got to the point where they are ready to take in the purity of the information at the soul level, they're ready to take it in and absorb it and utilize it and play it out in, in the form state. So that first planet in any solar system gets the very pure infusion, as every planet does, and also plays out the concept to a very high level, the highest level in the solar system. However, there's often some misunderstandings, a little discoloration, a little misinterpretation, that sort of thing. And all of those little misunderstandings or mis misinterpretations get infused into that planet's energetic field. Remember <laughs> the astral guides, okay? I'm going shifting around, but remember the astral. The astral on any planet is the thought form body of the planet, and it contains all the thoughts of all the humanities of all times. So, and every astral of every planet is actually connected. So there's a conglomerate universal astral, as well as an astral related to the solar system, et cetera, et cetera. So in any case, in the astral on that planet, any misunderstandings, any misinterpretations, even though they would be few and relatively minor, would be infused into the astral of that planet. When that planet finished its evolutionary process and in a, in a sense moved into a state of incubation as the other planets play out their role as housing human life forms. Remember that each planet is a soul. Okay. So as that happened, it took on the energetic field of the prior planet or planets as the case may be. So now we have the second planet taking on some of the energetic field of the first. Much of it is pure, but also it has the beginnings of misunderstandings and misconceptions. So the second planet in line makes a few more misunderstandings. It's influence. Remember the influence the, the astral has on all of us 24-7? Okay. It takes on those misunderstandings and it has a and it, 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 as a result, has more misunderstanding, more misinterpretation, et cetera, et cetera, and discoloration and distortions to the energies as the evolutionary concepts unfold on that planet. So you now have, after the second planet, more in the astral of discolorations or distortions to the various concepts. And then, of course, at that point, at some point, the planet goes into its state of incubation and it moves to the next planet, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we're the last planet in line in our solar system. And what does that mean? 
it means that we have gotten an awful lot of energetic baggage from the prior planet. Huge. Okay? It's bad enough of all the humanities of all time on this planet, but we're carrying the, the energetics from all of the humanities of the, all of the prior planets of this solar system line. So, what this means is a couple things. First of all, that the, the evolutionary concepts have been played out differently on every planet. They aren't played out the same on any two planets because there's always, remember we're in a free will kingdom, there's always differences in how the souls misinterpret or misunderstand or discolor or whatever. There's always that. And I want you to understand that. So as fifth dimensional, we have experienced many different planets carrying these same concepts and all the differences that have happened on those planets. So we have unremembered remembrances of many different ways that these concepts played out in the form state. And as a result, there's a lot of conflict out there. And I don't know much about it because, as you know, I, I read very little other material. I pretty much stick to the higher self information. But I am certainly aware that there is a lot of disagreement about exactly what was Atlantis, for example, what was the concept? What was Lemuria? What, you know, and there's a lot of different interpretations because things are played out. And of course, anything we pull in, we pull in through the mind of this life. So we also carrying the mind of this life have our own energetics that, that are, that everything moves through. And it's one reason why I always amalgamate with us because it's a way to bypass all that energetic baggage. We want to get it as clearly as we can. And it still doesn't mean it's going to be perfect because we just, whether we are amalgamated or not, we, we, we aren't always able to move into the highest levels of information, the highest levels of expansion on any one concept. And so, as I've said, often there's going to be more levels that we're going to continue to expand into, just like the way a child who has been explained where babies come from for, you know, many times over the course of growing up and then into adult life. So in any case, there is going to be expansion. And um, But I do want you to understand that this planet Earth, being the child of the last child of the solar system, came in with some what some could view as some disadvantages, some tremendous difficulties and disadvantages. But there was one other reason. There was one other reason why this planet has had disadvantages. And it's, it's, it's important. I did not explain it last week. This is definitely new to you because I didn't explain this last week, um, mainly because I had a really hard time coming up with a way to explain it. And this week it just popped into my head. You know, I wasn't trying and I was working on something else and it was one more thing that was I was I would shift over as my concentration was my focus was pulled in different directions. But there was another reason why Earth, as the last child in line, has some difficulty, has maybe some disadvantages. Now I'm using the word disadvantage and I even hate to use that word because in fact, it's actually a huge opportunity, and I'm going to explain that too, for a lot of souls. So on the surface, at the, the lower levels of viewing it, you know, before we get into that helicopter where we can see the expanded viewpoint or that higher self viewpoint, it looks like we're tremendously disadvantaged. But before I explain more on that, I do want to just talk about why else the last child in line in any solar system, not just Earth, in any solar system, works at a disadvantage or, again, on the surface, look, works at a disadvantage. Now, um, so when any solar system is born, so to speak, the energy that creates it is like a burst of energy. I mean, I'm just symbolically looking at it as a burst. And it's the strongest 
when the first planet is born. And then with each successive birth of planets, the creative energy that went into that planet is actually less. So with each planet, it de-intensifies. And the analogy that came to me, which is not perfect, but it is one that I think will help you grasp some of this stuff, is imagine an earthquake at the epicenter. The intensity of the quake is the strongest. And as the waves of the quake go outward, they lessen in intensity. So imagine that the San Andreas Fault, I'm sure many of you understand about plate tectonics, where the two plates, any two plates are side by side, and the pressure builds and builds and builds, and at some point, the plate moves to accommodate this incredible pressure and there's different types of movements and that's not important because this is just a simple analogy. But when the plate moves, there is a major burst of energy that moves out like a shock wave. Okay. And this first shock wave, this first movement of that plate is the strongest. Okay, so it's the same with the creation burst. It's the strongest with the first planet that's created. Okay, this is keeping it simple, guys. But after the first movement of the fault, you'll have another movement, uh, a secondary one that creates a new burst of energy in the earthquake. And that's likened to the birth of the second planet. Now, the second movement is going to be slightly less because the major pressure was to get the fault to move in the first place. And once it started to move, it just takes a little bit less of that burst energy to get it to move again. So it's a little bit less. And then you have a series of movements along that quake that get less and less, smaller and smaller, until the quake dies out. Well, it's similar. I mean, it's, I'm really, I think I'm really kind of not very good science that I'm giving on the earthquake, I'm thinking. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, but I think you get what I'm trying to say. So with each successive birth of the new, another planet in the solar system, the creative energy, that divine energy that is part of the birthing process, the divine infusion of energy into each planet becomes slightly less. And by the time you get to the last planet in line, us in this solar system, the energy, that divine energy is running at a lesser rate of speed. It's as pure, but it is less intense, less strong. And that is a second reason why the last planet in line is operating at somewhat of a disadvantage. Okay. And uh, I'm, I, again, I just don't like using the word disadvantage, but because I'm going to tell you why. In fact, it may be operating at a disadvantage, but, <laughs> but understand that actually no one, no soul is hurt by it. No one is penalized by it. No one is victimized by it. Instead, the souls that choose to incarnate on a planet like Earth are souls that are having a difficult time moving forward in their evolutionary journey And now they have a place where they can play out those very deep soul scrambles, those very deep misconceptions and distortions in their soul understanding. They have a place to play it out, an opportunity to actually learn and move forward. So it's an opportunity for many, many souls that have these incredibly deep soul scrambles. It's a real opportunity here. Now, it's why, in fact, on this planet, 
We've had so much man's inhumanity to man, so much slavery, so much genocide, so much war, so much of the victim and victimizer process with souls like Idi Amin and Stalin and Hitler, etc. I mean, I could probably spend five minutes on some of the very cruel leaders and despots and tyrants we've had, how many wars they've been where, you know, there have been all the victims and victims, victimizers, and massive levels of victim and victimizer in the history, in our history. And it looks as if the disadvantages of this planet are horrific and that souls are punished or souls are hurt, souls are neglected, or however you might want to see it in some negative way. But I am here to tell you that this is not the case. What happened is the souls, many of the souls that have come in, are souls that need to work through their patterns of self-loathing, self-hatred, fear, intense terror, fear, distrust, shame, false belief to up the wing-wing, it's an opportunity for these kind of souls to come in and find expanded levels of understanding, find self-love, and find forgiveness of the self. Now, some souls do find their way, many do not, and have to come back here over and over again or some other place. Those who do not also will continue to get counseling, schooling in the human kingdom heaven. They will be helped in between lives and then they'll go through the, and will have the opportunity to choose where they would next incarnate to give them more help to manifest the growing and the learning they do in between lives and manifest it in the form state, in body. So it is a difficult playing ground, a difficult learning curve. It is difficult for the soul, but these souls have come to the place where they need this kind of opportunity. If they jumped into a place where it was all love and, and greatness and beauty, their, their soul scrambles would not be activated, would not take place, and they would do zero learning in that place. It would not provide them the opportunity to trigger their victims. For example, their victim pattern. Here, the victim pattern got triggered by all the victimizers we've had. And same with the victimizers getting their soul scrambles triggered. And you have to have both in order for the conflict, in order for the victim-victimizer process to be in place. It's an opportunity for both parties to get their patterns triggered and to learn from it. And we have seen on this planet a tremendous amount of learning and growth. Maybe there has been lots of learning and growth we haven't seen too, but it is a difficult but very powerful ground for learning for these souls who have these soul scrambles that are so dark and so deep and so difficult. And unfortunately, they they need this kind of help, and it's here. And fifth dimensionals are present in great numbers in every single concept infusion to help souls just like this, to spread the light, to give the information, to give the healing energy, and they, you know to bring the opportunities to, <laughs> to these souls who are really struggling. Okay, so the man's inhumanity on this planet is a... manifestation of tremendous struggles that individuals are having at the soul level. So even though we're the last child in line, even though it seems like we're at a disadvantage, I do want to absolutely assure you that it is from the higher level, from that helicopter viewpoint of the higher self, it is this huge opportunity to move forward. These souls that feel like they're completely lost 
we notice today, and I, you know, I can speak about today, there's so much help out there. Any soul, every soul. Souls that, you know, women that are abused or raped or beaten, uh, whatever. There are many, many, many places out there to get help. So it's not just the opportunity to get the pattern active, but there's help out there for those souls that are see- will then move to seek and search. They're unhappy, they're miserable, they're suffering, they seek and search to get help. And so, again, this is a huge opportunity for all of us to help others, to become aware, to understand this isn't a place to denigrate. It isn't a place to talk about evil. It isn't a place to to judge. It's a place to understand. And in any case, um, that's some of the reasoning behind why we see on this planet so much man's inhumanity's man. But it is, again, an opportunity. Now, Okay, so keep in mind that as the planet itself evolves, it manifests in the outer reality, the level of souls that mirror where the planet is. So when the planet is just giving birth to the mineral kingdom, you are not going to see plants and animals or humans present upon the planet because the soul itself isn't ready to house. It isn't carrying the evolutionary frequency as yet that would house those more advanced souls. So the planet itself is very much a part of our evolutionary process. And as it moves up its frequency, so do the souls upon it. Of course, the the fifth dimensionals will infuse, will infuse, will incarnate on any planet, irregardless of its uh, place, at least once it's housing humanity. So you find even in the in the very early human society that you would have interplanetary carrying the facade human body on the planet at that point, facilitating uh, and helping the, the those communities. So, except, but the humanities will only come to the planet that are, that it's, that's at, it's reflecting, it's a similar evolutionary frequency. Okay. So just be aware of that. Now, the higher self always asks that we stand between belief and disbelief. Because in that way, we aren't limited because beliefs or disbelief are limiters. They cap how far we can expand our awareness. And so we want to always stand between belief and disbelief. And also they encourage us not to lock into what we think a concept means, what it saying to us what we're trying to learn from it, because, again, if we lock into something, we we also limit our expansion. So it's important that we stand between belief and disbelief and that we don't lock into the whatever information it is. And I bring this up because I have very little information on the Atlantean and Egyptian concepts. And as a result, I'm getting to you the information. Basically, I would say, uh, if you want to compare it to the concept of the teaching the kids where baby come, babies come from, maybe at the level of about a 12, 10 or 12-year-old or, or maybe even an 8-year-old. I don't know. It's hard to know exactly. But it's important that I say at least what I do know because they come before the higher heart consciousness concept. And somehow my sense of order, I feel like I have to talk about them, even though I don't have much information on them, even though I know that my information will grow and expand over time. Um, But I feel just have a sense of order that I need to give these two first before I talk about the Christ concept, which, of course, I have a ton of information. There'll be weeks on that one. Trust me, Um, because that one is very important for those of us who are present on the planet now. 
the those of us carrying the dual cell matrix. One of the reasons there are millions of us on the planet right now, and it's because we actually, and I'm going to get into this in much more detail, we're actually going to help bring that concept into uh, higher levels of understanding and manifesting on the planet, as well as the next concept that is being infused, which I will talk to you about down the line. Okay. Plus, there is a little bit of groundwork that is laid in these two concepts because it is the Earth is the last child in line. And so you'll see, okay, Atlantis is or was an evolutionary concept. It was. It is infused on every planet. I am not completely sure what the concept is, what it was meant to be. I am completely sure it did not go correctly on this planet. So, um, which I'll explain. To, and, and I'll explain in time. Anyway, the at the time of the concept, there were many fifth dimensionals present to help bring the understanding of the Atlantean concept to the humanities that were present. But understand, please, even though the Atlantis concept is the first concept, already the souls upon the planet were souls that came in because the planet itself was already carrying all those distortions, all those misconceptions, and was calling in, in essence, the... And, and was also last planet in line with the, the, the creative energy was running at a low, at the lowest level of the, any planet in the solar system. So the, it's important to understand that the souls already present here were souls that were drawn to these kind of misunderstandings, misconceptions, distortions. They were already souls that had tremendous problems at the, soul scramble level. So when the Atlantean concept was infused, the fifth dimensionals present on the planet who were trying to bring the tremendous spiritual essence of this concept to the humanities were found it extremely difficult because, now let me just say, the information that was given out in the Atlantean concept was direct. It wasn't coded in any way. It wasn't veiled in any way. It was direct information. But the souls present there were unable to understand. They misunderstood the information, distorted it. And as a result, there was a lot of misuse of the information. Okay? There's a tremendous misuse of the information. I do know that the, the information was interpreted in a like in a scientific way, which is part of the, part of the concept I know involves uh, advanced kind of scientific kind of, well, not scientific, but the manifestation of energy in the form state, which, you know, would be like the steam engine or that kind of thing, the car, you know, the air, the airplane. It, it had this mechanical or scientific side to it. What was, much of what was not brought into it was the incredible spiritual side and how important the pure soul, all about the pure soul essence and all of that, that was not present, uh, was not present. It was present, but it was not heard or interpreted. And there was this misuse. And I can't, I'm sorry, I can't be clearer because I literally just, I'm not clear on it. So I can't be clearer. But there was a, this I am clear on. There was a tremendous misuse. The interplanetaries present, they worked very hard to bring the humanities into higher levels of understanding. But in fact, at a certain point in time, the children of the light, so to speak, or the, children, the interplanetaries stood back or withdrew and permitted the forces of misunderstanding to kill off the forces of misunderstanding. So in other words, those interplanetaries that carried the higher understanding of the Atlantean concept found at one point that they just withdrew and allowed the process 
of the humanities that were that did not understand. Now, some would have understood. There were some that were able to take in the full-on concept, and those would, at whatever point, lay aside the body and would move on in their uh, evolutionary movement because they did take in, if not all of the concepts, some. But many who did not misused it, and then as the light withdrew, so to speak, the forces of misunderstanding killed off the forces of misunderstanding. And the higher self took a lot of energy, or not energy, took a lot of care to explain to us that the the, the force of the light is never killed off by the dark. Because I think there's some misunderstanding that the, the dark force has killed off the light. And the higher self said there'll be times, not just in the Atlantean concept as it went on this planet, there will be times where that appears to be true, but they are very clear that the darkness can never kill off the light, okay? Um, the, 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 the fact of the matter is at some point the the interplanetary, the fifth dimensional carrying the dual soul nature had to withdraw and allow the souls in place on the planet who were unable to move forward to do whatever they were going to do. And they ended up killing each other off and basically Atlantis was destroyed. Now, I'm not, don't want to give the impression at all that the fifth dimensionals with a dual soul nature lack compassion or caring. I mean, it might sound like, well, they withdrew and just allowed everyone to kill each other. Please, it's not that. The fact of the matter is that the, those with a higher understanding understand that in the free will kingdom, the soul, each soul is moving and making their, its own choices and cannot be forced to move forward when it's not ready. So the forces of the light always give all they can. And then at that point, the souls make up their own minds and make their own choices. And as I said, some souls did choose to move forward. Some souls did actually increase their evolutionary awareness. And then when they laid aside the body, they would move into a, the next level of uh, where they would be working on the next evolutionary phase or uh, concept. So it, it wasn't that everyone died, but the but to understand that this concept itself did not play out in its pure form, did not play out at all. And what was infused in the force fields of energy was, quote unquote, a failed concept, okay? And this is important because in the Egyptian concept, we have many souls that moved through the Atlantean. They did not get it. Now they've moved into the Egyptian infusion or age of the Egyptian concept being infused. And they've already played out a lives where they misunderstood and discolored and misinterpreted and in fact did not get the the, the advanced or the uh, expanded concept. So what you had in the Egyptian concept was many souls that had not understood the purity of the Atlantean con- information. So and they carried with them that unremembered remembrance of the misunderstood information of Atlantis. So when they moved into the Egyptian concept, they misunderstood again. Now, the Egyptian concept played out in a different way. It was not information that was given out directly. It was veiled. It was given out in parables. It was given out uh, in in a manner that the, in a different manner, because not all souls, can take indirect information. Some souls take it in better when it's in parable form. So it was another opportunity to expand the awareness of the souls in Egypt to give them another chance, so to speak. However, for the most part, and it doesn't mean all the souls, some souls did get it. There's always some that do. But the majority of souls in the Egyptian concept also misunderstood the information and used it in a manner that would be projected out as, as a negative. We would see it as a negative. 
um, you have to you have to understand that the Atlantean concept and the Egyptian concept contained all the knowledge and information of, and wisdom that went into the totality that goes into the totality of the originating source. So there are very high levels of information and concepts, and maybe somebody doesn't get to the very highest level of understanding, but if you can even move up one level, if you can just expand your awareness one or two levels, you know, you're really facilitating and, and, and helping yourself in your own evolutionary growth. But you do have to understand that many, many souls just, again, couldn't make it. So we have a second infusion, so to speak, into the energetic field of the planet of a, quote, unquote, failed concept. Now, the concept itself didn't fail. The interplanetaries or those souls that were present to create uh, clarity and to teach these concepts, they didn't fail either. You have to understand it's the the manner of the energetics around the planet made it so difficult. And today, as I've told you, we're running 10,000 years evolutionarily higher than 2,000 years ago. And the Egyptian concept was prior to the Christ concept. So we're talking about extreme density of the evolutionary frequency uh, on the planet then. So it was difficult even for the interplanetary to pull in the perfection of the concept, remembering they're also having to deal with the energetic baggage. And this is an important concept for you to understand about how it went in the Christ concept, that it, it's difficult when the energies are running at a slower rate of speed, when they're very dense, and when the energies have to come through, play through the energetic baggage of the astral that we have on the planet, and also... Uh, the energetic baggage that we all carry, even fifth dimensional carry all of that energetic baggage from our, um, in the human facade part of ourselves. So it was, it was failed only in the sense that it didn't move through the purity that it would have if it had been the first child in line. And, but it's not failed in the sense that it's lost or wasted or any of that because again the failed quote-unquote failed atlantean concept brings the souls into the egyptian concept where that have another opportunity to learn now remember the souls reflected that are manifested on the planet that have chosen to reincarnate here are ones that carry the deepest most difficult soul scrambles so they are part of this process, and it's an opportunity. So if you, if you conceive of the idea, just to give you a symbolic example, let's say there's 100 souls involved in the Atlantean, and 95 don't get it and just make no movement, but you have five souls that do get it and move up a layer or level or two in their understanding. Okay, we have a tendency of looking at the 95% and thinking, oh, it failed. Oh, my gosh, blah, blah, blah. But if you understand that that 5% is pure gold, that 5%, and again, I'm making the numbers up because I've never been given numbers and would never even ask for them, but I'm just trying to explain to you that the 5% is 5% of the soul that did make it, that made progress in their evolution. All right? And remember that even before the Atlantean concept was infused, there were already souls here that carried that very difficult, uh, the very difficult uh, soul scrambles for the most part. So we're excited. Then we move that 95% into the Egyptian concept, and there would be other souls from other planets and various reasons. But let's just continue with our analogy here. And maybe you have 10% of the those souls, 10% more of those souls do get it. The parable, the veil uh, information speaks to them in a way that the direct information they just couldn't wrap their heads around. So now the, pay, the, the parable helped those another 10%. So now you have some, some significant movement. Maybe you have 15% souls that were here that literally get to move off of 
incarnating on a planet like this or one like it gets to move to a planet where things are less dense. There's less energetic garbage or they're able to process at a higher level for whatever reason. So we're talking about opportunity here. We're talking about this is something that not about being punished. It's about working with the very difficult soul situation and really getting some progress. Um, and I made up those numbers. Maybe it was 10% Atlantean and 25% an Egyptian. I, I really don't know. So please, again, don't lock into those numbers. I literally made it up. Okay. So, Um, so again, we've infused it through the Atlantean concept, this, this idea that it didn't work the way it should kind of thing in the energetic field. Uh, and so the, in the Egyptian field, in the Egyptian concept, again, this is part of the energetic field, part of the energetic baggage of the, of the planet. And so these individuals who come in, again, misunderstand, misinterpret. So the, I do want to say that the pyramid is not related directly to the Egyptian concept. It is related instead to where in the human kingdom universe our planet is in, and we happen to be in the section of the human kingdom universe where the shape is the pyramid. So the shape of the pyramid is one that carries the, uh, it helps bring in the infusions of energy. It's the, um, but in another section of the universe, it might be a sphere or it might be a, I don't know, a square or rhomboid or something. I, I'm not too sure, uh, a cone or something. I don't know. But in any case, it reflects the section of the human kingdom universe. It, it is not directly related to the Egyptian concept. However, it, it is um, obviously part of Egypt. Anyway, now, I don't have much else to say about these two concepts, except for to say, I don't really know much about Atlantis. And so I can't talk about it, but we all know a little bit about Egypt, all right? So part of any evolutionary concept, really, is that we're all created equal, and we all have equal value. So if this concept had played out properly in the Egyptian infusion of the Egyptian age, you would see equality, you would see uh, valuing and worth of other human beings. However, what we see in Egypt is a tremendous amount of slavery. We see a tremendous amount of hierarchical uh, playing out hierarchically. And so clearly there is a distortion around some are more, and it plays out some are more equal than others. So this is, we can say, we can see clearly that any divine concept that's infused is going to carry this, the concept that I've talked about always about we're all equal. We all carry the pure soul essence. And therefore, from the lowest grain of sand to the highest, most evolved being, we are, as one is as equal and as valuable as every other soul. So we can see that there's distortions around that concept. The, there's another concept that the, I, with the idea that the soul is everlasting, and what we see is a society that elevated honoring the dead with embalming and all of that, there's again a misunderstanding around the the everlasting of the body and the soul. In fact, that the body is as important as the soul and and is everlasting. And it was interpreted as embalming the body and putting it in the um, in in a pyramid or in some sort of burial ground where the body was thought to travel uh, to you know, the soul would be traveling and would have all the elements of the body, but it was a little bit missed because in fact, in that concept, there was going to be part of the concept is where the body is transformed and there was going to be that element. Uh, I don't know if it was actually taught, 
the body transformation, the polar flip, and all of this that I'm going to get on, talk about sometime down the line where the body transforms while it's still alive. That was going to be taught in the Egyptian concept, and it, it did not. But it was misinterpreted. If it was taught, it was either misinterpreted by the teachers because of the density of the energy or the, you know, the, the energetic garbage or whatever the problem was. I'm not sure what was exactly taught and what wasn't, but in any case, it was translated or distorted into putting the body, embalming it, and having the body live forever dead, not live forever alive, and there you have it. Um, Also part of any evolutionary concept would be that the God is within, the divine is within, and we all carry it, and the uh, the Egyptians, of course, made their pharaoh the god. So on one hand, they, they got it at some level that the god is within a man, but they chose one man and made that man a god or something like that. So, <laughs> so we see the distortions around the understanding of the, the higher levels of the concept are distorted and are played out in the form state at a at, at less at, at level level of misunderstanding or distorted level or discolored level, not playing out with the full expansion. So that is the Egyptian concept. Now there's probably a lot more, as I said. I do hope at some point to. I really hope at some point that I'll get more information on these. Because it was just tiny, tiny, tiny bits of information. And I, as I said, I was very distracted. I was doing multiple things. I was multiple multitasking and was not, I just didn't have the focus that I normally have. It was a strange week. In any case, that happens and the higher styles have told us that things are going to get more and more chaotic. We have to practice being in the center of chaos and, and getting information easily and effortlessly and I have been practicing for many years, but there's still more practice that I need to do. And of course, all of us need to do. And, you know, we will all do it and we will all get to that point. However, I want to really make clear that this planet, I'm setting up starting next week, I'm moving into the discussion on the Christ concept or the higher heart consciousness concept. This is another evolutionary concept that has been present on many, many, on every planet that houses life forms. And it's one that has also grown. And it's also one that had tremendous problems on this planet for all of the reasons that the Atlantean and the Egyptian concept have had. But you'll understand it a little better because I do have much more information. And of course, we're all pretty pretty familiar, even if we are Buddhist or we are uh, Muslim or we are uh, Baha'i or whatever we are, we have some idea about about Christianity. So I think it's going to make a lot of sense for everyone. Uh, You'll understand the difficulties that the fifth dimensional that came in to bring in the Christ concepts Christ himself, you'll understand his difficulties. You'll see how it all interplayed. The infusions into the force field of energy will be clarified. I just have a tremendous amount of information, and you'll all understand it in a way that's much better than but now because I don't have enough on the Atlantean and the Egyptian. But you get the idea. It was an opportunity for really troubled souls and some of course would have taken the opportunity others were completely unable to do it and those in the Atlantean many would have moved into the Egyptian they had an opportunity to take it in the same information in veiled form in parable form indirectly story form however you want to talk about it they have the opportunity so the but they, that, that concept also had a very, very difficult time reaching the humanities as they were at that level because of all the reasons that I've given you. 
So we come to the higher heart consciousness concept, and all of those reasons are not only present, but some of them are actually enhanced and, and more entrenched. Now we have two failed major concepts, quote-unquote failed. You know what I mean by that now. It's not about the fifth dimensional were failures or the souls that, you know, trying to take in the information with failures. It was simply means it didn't go move at its highest level. And so we have two now that didn't move at their highest, highest level. And the, you know, the infusions of that, all those difficulties are right now in the energetic field of the planet. And then in comes the Christ concept infusion. And its foundation is extremely weak. There is really no foundation. And so <clears throat> I will explain. So next week is going to be on the going to be on the beginning. And I'll, I'll probably have at least three, if not five, on this concept. And I think you're going to find it completely, completely fascinating. Anyway, after next week, I am going to be going to Houston for my daughter's giving birth. Uh, I leave on the 5th, which is a Saturday, I believe. Yeah, Saturday. I'm hoping to be able to do the show on the Wednesday, but it really depends on, on the birth. I mean, doing a show for an hour, I can do, even though she's my daughter is home or, or whatever, because I can take the hour to do the show, but we don't know how the birth is going to go. I don't know if it's all going to go well. I mean, we just don't know. There's so many combinations of permutations. So I can't promise a week from Wednesday I will be doing the birth. I'm doing the birth. I'm not doing the birth. Uh, I will be doing the show. But so it, it's possible it'll be dark. But I'm just saying that if I can, I'm going to take that hour. I'm not doing healings. I haven't had a request. So I'm not doing healings. And I wasn't planning to do the exercise last week. I'm not given one this week, but I have a feeling I might be given one or more than one while I'm doing the Christ concept because I remember when we learned a lot of information, we did have exercises uh, that the higher self gave us. So I'm sure there will be some exercises, but for the most part, I'm going to make each show more like an hour rather than two hours. So that's why it's going to be playing out mostly over the number of weeks. Uh, anyway, I just wish all of you a wonderful week, and I wish myself a wonderful week with less uh, multitasking-type things going on. Uh, it's all good, though. I mean, for the most part, everything is so good. I'm, I'm, it's just really good. But we get a lot going on, and I can lose my focus for sure. So uh, we all can. So anyway, just know that I love each and every one of you. And I thank you, as always, for being part of this show. And with that, I'm going to say goodbye till next week, and I will talk to you then. Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events or to buy her book, Choices. Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints.